0: got to do it again. Can't believe it. I can't believe it. The world just cannot stop with its bigotry even after I do a podcast calling it out. But this is where we are. That's what this podcast is going to be about. We're going to be revisiting the idea of bigotry And especially looking at it because of the anti-Asian sediment that has been in our country, has been ramping up for quite some time now. Um, And I think it's something that we have to address. And I think that as Christians, we need to be much more proactive about it. So we're going to look at what the problem is and what the solutions are definitely going to be. So stay tuned. You might want to grab some popcorn or a drink for this one. You fall into the theology pit. All of the geepets. The you fall into the theology pit. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Theology Pit. This is Theology out of Pittsburgh, and not to be confused with The Bottomless Pit, because you know what we say, when you fall into a bottomless pit, you die of dehydration. I am your friendly neighborhood podcaster, host, uh, pastor, the Reverend Samson Kovach, coming back to you with another edition of The Theology Pit. Now, I can't remember when—maybe a month ago, a couple weeks ago, when, whenever it was—I um, did a a uh, podcast on you know bigotry and how to be a better bigot. I had no idea the impact that it would make. I thought that people would actually hear what I was saying—that you know, bigotry is negative, like it's wrong, like that's not something that you should engage in. It was not to be a playbook for how to become a greater bigot, but it seems that that's what the world decided to do. The world decided that it was just going to up and get itself all about, you know, bigotry and discrimination and just running around like crazy. Continue with it, and you know what? It's like, okay, so this is bigotry revisited, we have to do it. Um, There's a certain type of bigotry that has I come let's just say come into the um the the top of mind awareness of america um it seems that the media has jumped onto it everybody just decided all of a sudden that we're going to recognize this kind of bigotry that's been going on for you know a long time but it's now the new fad it's now the new thing that's that's occurring and you probably hear my, my kids upstairs ranting and raving. They're playing video games, so they're having a, a good time here. Um, but I want to talk about a very spe- a specific kind of bigotry um, that has been prominent in, in the country for quite a while. And there was recently an incident that happened. And now all of a sudden people are um, coming to recognize this and that this is actually a bad thing. Like, I mean, it's, it's incredible that it takes a tragedy for people to come to this realization, but we're talking about bigotry against Asians and an Asian abuse, you know, and on, um, March uh, 16th, I believe it was this past uh, Tuesday, Robert Aaron long 21, uh, went into a, um, an establishment and, you know, murdered a bunch of people you know, who are Asian and the media just went nuts and they're just like pointing this out. And now there's all these um protests, stop Asian abuse, you know, everything that's going on. And they're saying that it's, it's because of, you know, the Wuhan virus and, you know, everyone's blaming every Asian for this and all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. They're finding every reason under the sun to, to, to blame something that's not them on this tragedy, you know, and, and th- th- this, this entire tragedy, what, it is. And what we've said on this program many, many times is the effect of sin. It is the effect of the fall. This is not something new. This is not something that, you know, um, somebody just came up with, you know, I mean, this is something that has been around for a long time and it is the effect of sin. And the only answer is Christ. And, you know, as famously has been being said about, uh, about this phrase, I'm going to circle back around to that. I'm going to circle back around to it. Um, but but this type of abuse has been around for a long time Asians have been attacked for a very very long time prominently like targeted and attacked and and it, it's been documented like it's been documented. One person who who documented it thoroughly, um, especially in like the the Philadelphia area, was um, Colin Flaherty. He would talk about this on his podcast all the time. You know, in in the Philly school systems, the way that you know Asians are um, are, are attacked and beaten like constantly. Um, they are. I mean, it's it it's it's horrendous like what goes on there but of course his um uh podcast got canceled his website got canceled everything got like taken off and when i say canceled i don't mean a bunch of people complained i mean that the people that were hosting the site that he was paying for like decided to pull it like apple would not allow his podcast to go on any any further because he was speaking honestly and wasn't speaking out of the narrative of the time okay now all of a sudden all the stuff that he was talking talking about is coming into light and it's now becoming fashionable to discuss this topic that, you know, that Asians are targeted, that this, that this is an an open abuse that happens and that nobody does anything about. And he said that this isn't just, um, Philadelphia. I mean, it's Philadelphia school systems, of course, and the, and you know, the Philly community, but he's like pretty much any inner city, um, in the area, especially in the East coast, this this is a prominent thing, and now it's actually spread to the entire country, and the entire country has this anti-Asian uh, sediment to them. But but what's interesting uh, about this is that it's it's become so favorable in the last fifteen and twenty years, especially especially I have seen a rise of it in 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 the last fifteen or twenty years that people are openly talking about it. Like openly, like it's not, it's not something that people are even trying to hide anymore. Okay. This is an open bigotry that has been, you know, going on continually. Um, just last year, you know, Nick Cannon, uh, famously came out and has not apologized for it. Does not care. Like has, has openly spoken a- against it and saying that, you know, if you are not dark skinned, well, then you are basically an animal. You are basically, you don't have, um, you know, what it takes to be human. Okay. You are, um, you're just like a wild animal. What, I mean, let me, let me try and find the, the quote exactly here. I have this uh, pulled up. Um, But he, he he went off to say um, that uh, people who lack sufficient melanin are a little less, he said. That was his quote. Those without dark skin have a deficiency that historically forced them to act out of fear and commit violence uh, to survive. All right. He says that they have to be savages. All right. So he's talking about Asians here. He's talking about Asians. Like he's a straight up black supremacist who is talking about Asians. And he was, um, you know, fired, uh, of course, dropped by um. You know, whoever was was employing him when he said that, and he said that on his—I think it was Viacom CBS—they um, dropped him for that. But it just shows he—he's not—he's not afraid to say that. He's not afraid to openly be a bigot. Uh, he's not o- afraid to openly speak out against Asians. You know, last year, this is just last year, 2020. All right, we're in the 21st century, and and this is going on. This is this is what's happening, um, and we'll get to some of the reasons for that, but where would Nick Cannon learn this kind of thing? And and why would it be so tolerated? Like why? I mean, it, the culture has not canceled Nick Cannon. The, the company fired him for his openly bigoted remarks and said, dude, you can't, you're a representative of our company. You can't be saying that. And he said, I don't care. I am because it's true. And so they fired him. That's different than, you know, a big, like, you know, hashtag on twitter and get him fired and like all this stuff that never materialized doesn't doesn't happen wasn't in the news you know, it, it didn't, it didn't occur. And the reason why is because generally the people that are using, um, social media platforms and are very vocal, um, on, you know, and, and are, have a liberal bent, you know, that don't care about, you know, election security or anything like that. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the blue and people that believe all those, you know, conspiracy theories on the, on the left there, um, they all went to colleges that encouraged, Asian abuse, that encouraged this type of discrimination, this type of bigotry, this this type of separation based on atheistic philosophies that um, human beings, there is a, a great race out there, a, a quote-unquote great race, okay, that they are the most human and everybody else is less human. All right, now... The question is never answered through, you know, atheistic evolution um, and Darwinism, uh, social Darwinism, any of that stuff. The, the question is never answered. Well, which race is the superior one? Okay, and so that question, you know, they came up with this atheist philosophy that all of humanity is not tied together. We are not all part of one race. We are actually separate races, and some are less human and some are more human. Okay, then that means that there is an ideal humanity out there, an ideal race of humans that are out there. Okay. And so what is it? Well, now everybody has to fight over whose race is the the greatest. And, And, you know, race is a social construct as a lot of these people like to say, but from a Christian perspective, there is only one race, right? I mean, that's the Christian... Perspective. That's why I say there's no such thing as a racist, because to say that there are such things as racist is to agree with an atheistic philosophy. And I'm not an atheist, I'm a Christian. So therefore, I know that bigotry exists and ethnocentrism exists because that is actually a biblical ideological world. But I will not say that there are all different kinds of humanity out there, and some are greater than others because that's unbiblical, unchristian, and illogical. You can't make that claim. You can't be a christian and 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 talk about racism because racism doesn't exist and race doesn't exist within your worldview. To do so, you're just a really bad christian. you're you, you just you obviously don't understand the faith. you don't understand scripture, you have no idea. And so then you fall into, these type of uh, discussions and these type of categories and you know when you when you go to colleges and you're on college campuses and you hear this type of language you just accept it you just accept atheist philosophy and the separation of people into lesser and greater forms like like there is some type of ideal human out there and there is some type of ideal subhuman and everybody else just falls in between and you have to figure that out that's, that's as bad honestly that's as bad as the trans gender thing. Because, you know, transgenderism says that there is the ideal male and the ideal female, okay, necessarily, and everybody else falls on the spectrum somewhere in between. Which means that there are people who are sub-male and sub-female or whatever, different degrees of it, which is ridiculous. I mean, there is... You know, biologically, there's male and female and the traits and characteristics that you show just show, you know, the, the spectrum of diversity within male and female. But it doesn't make you less male, it doesn't make you less of a man or less of a woman because of one thing or another. Your behavior is is beside the point in, in, you know, according to your sexual orientation. But in order to have that um, understanding of, you know, sex and gender being on a spectrum, you're the one who's necessarily saying there is the ideal man and there is the ideal woman. And that is what they, and that is what they are. And you have the same thing here. There is the ideal human and there is the ideal subhuman. Okay. And who is the ideal human, who is the ideal ethnos, the ideal, you know, group of, of, of people, um, that people group nationality, um, you know, what, however you want to define this. I mean, people use race, but it starts getting, you know, when you start getting particular, then it starts getting into the weeds a little bit, you know, because when you say like, you know, the, um, you know the, the uh, I don't know the the African race or something like that. Well, well, who you know which 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 people group, because Africa is not a a you know monolithic group of people. They're, it's a very diverse continent you know, with many, with many countries, with diverse peoples and people groups and that sort of thing. Um, You know, are you just going off of physical characteristics? Like what, like what, what are you basing it on? And that's the big thing. And do you make a distinction between, you know, sub, sub Saharan Africans and Northern Sahara Africans, you know, is, is Northern Africa, you know, are those Africans different than Central Africa, which is different than South Africa? Do you make that distinction at all? How about with with Asians? Do you make the distinction between you know um, East Asia, Central Asia, Western Asia, Asia Minor? Do you make any distinctions with that, or do you just lump them all into one 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 category and say, well, that's that's that species over there, or that's that species over there? Because that's what it sounds like. I mean, that's honestly what this sounds like. And and so what has happened with this Asian abuse that's that's come into place is that economic hardships on pretty much anybody gets blamed um on asians they it, when i mean you look at things like um i was going to say common core but that's the, that's that's not it the um oh the other thing um oh what 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 is why it's the slip in my mind here hang on a second it's slip in my mind That's right. You think of things like affirmative action. Okay. And affirmative action, what it's doing with like placement. I mean, this is a, if, I mean, people always throw around the word systemic racism. Okay. Well, I mean, racism doesn't exist, but let's say that it does, you know, just, just to, to use the parlance of, you know, the, the, the bigots of our day. And they say that, um, you know, some races are inferior for some reason or superior for some reason. So therefore Asians are superior. So in the entrance to a school, you know, for on a college application, um, they need to score higher than a non Asian in order to get in. And so, they actually have to work harder. So what's happened is that, you know, economic hardships have used Asian success as a benchmark reason for poverty and discrimination, okay? So they're looking at the success of Asians and they are saying the reason why they succeeded is because they were successful not in in their own merits, but they were successful in oppressing other people, Okay. And so when you say fine, if that's what you're going to say, then here's a level playing field. And they would say, well, no, it's never a level playing field. Well, why not? Well, because they had more advantages. Why? Well, because, you know, their culture does things that are more advantageous for the future generation. So how is that that person's fault then? How is it somebody's fault that they were raised in, you know, a, a culture and in a society that had certain values that were beneficial in moving forward in education and in commerce and in the marketplace. Why should they be punished and, and be forced? I mean, have actual systemic racism against this is a system of racism based on their ethnicity to actually drag them down, to actually drag them back because of who they align themselves with ethnically. Rather than looking at what their culture has done and adopting that and saying, yes, our culture could benefit from the disciplines of that culture. Now, why is that? Why is that not something that's put in place? Why is it always like this race to the bottom? You know, well, these people are at the bottom and instead of helping them up, we need to break the legs of everybody around them so then everybody else is at the bottom and nobody then has the 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 incentive, the tools or the um the the drive to raise themselves up because if they do, they'll just get knocked down again. And people who have raised themselves up people who have and and it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are cuz i hear it in every single ethnicity i listen to a lot of talk radio and i listen to it from a lot of different viewpoints and there are a lot of people from different ethnicities that you know if they have worked themselves up from poverty to riches they are always turning they always turn into philanthropists and mentors they are always there to help the next generation they are always there to go out and do that and it's not and they're not just saying here's a bunch of money you know or or whatever for for a hand up you know, or for a handout, it's a hand up. They're like, no, you know what? I'll, I'll help you with this. I can help you financially. I can also, you know, allow you to shadow me to understand how I, you know, was successful, how you can use these tools for your life. These, these things for your life. I recently came across a, um, uh, a publication somebody put on Facebook and I thought it was really, really interesting. So I saved it. Um, and it is, uh, Benjamin Franklin's, uh, personal, um, uh, daily schedule, what he did, the times that he had blocked out for, you know, for, for work and for reading and for, um, for, for eating and just like what he did. And you look at that and you'd be like, you know what? You can understand why he would be so successful by keeping that kind of discipline. And I'm thinking about toying around with it. I'm thinking about maybe I want to do that. You know, maybe I want to try the Benjamin Franklin, um, uh, um, schedule and see for a month, like how my life is different. Like if, if I just follow it, you know, strictly, would it be different? Because it is, it's a very good um, discipline for every, every part of your day. Not now. I know I, I've read over it. Not everybody can do it because of, of, of work schedules. But if you took just like the general idea of it, the general outline of it, you know, you would say, wow, I could probably, um, you know, not only increase myself as a person, but I could probably uh help myself um you know in in all other factors of life and and have this this great routine all right now, why would I choose to do that you know oh because it would make me better because the the mentality that we have right now with with the punishing of of Asian success is I should burn that copy of what Ben Franklin did. I should scrub it from the internet. I should make sure that the person who posted it, they get canceled. I should call them every name in the book. I should do, I should use every excuse that I possibly can to, um, to, to rid, you know, the internet of that so that nobody would ever try and do that and have a level of success. I mean, you talk to any athlete, you talk to any musician, Talk to any artist, okay, and and you know, and saying how boy, I wish I could do what you do. How did you get there? And none of them would say, well, the reason why as a musician I sound so good is because I forced the government to shut down any musician that was better than me and any music that was better than me to have it canceled. And so the only thing that you'll ever be exposed to is me, and that's it. And so, therefore, if you want to be a great musician, you have to then have me shut down. I mean, that's the logic. That's the mentality of it. It wouldn't, you know, the musicians would say, well, practice. Pick up an instrument. What do you, you know, and, and 30 minutes a day. Start with 30 minutes a day. If you can't do 30 minutes, start with 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day. That's it. Go to 30 minutes a day. You know, start learning things. It's going to be boring at first. It's going to suck. It really is. It's going to be difficult. You're going to have to give up a lot of stuff in your life. You're going to have to give up a lot of time, mental energy. You're going to be focusing on this. You, as a musician, of course, you're going to be poor because you're going to be out buying gear and 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 that sort of thing. Instruments are not cheap. You're going to be wanting to seek out lessons. You're going to be wanting to look for a trainer. You know, if you're an athlete or a a you know instructor, if you're a musician and teacher, and you're going to want to learn. You're going to want to invest in yourself. You are going to do that and. Over time, because I know this happened with me, over time, I, I mean, I sucked when I started. I, I was awful. I was horrible, and I knew it because. Because my neighbors would would hear me practicing uh, from my bedroom, you know, my, my bedroom windows would be open, and you know, they would just scream, "You suck! You're awful!" And I'm, and I would just be like, "Yeah," but instead of being discouraged, I'd be like, "You know what? If I keep this up, though, I won't, I won't suck forever. I, I will learn." And after like a year or so of just diligently staying at it every day, I eventually was 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 playing. And had someone say to me, "Hey, that sounds pretty good," and that's all it took. I remember that first time someone said, "That sounds pretty good. You're, you're pretty good at that," and I was like, "Wow, it, it, it's paying off. It's succeeding." You know, I didn't go around bashing other musicians. I didn't go around, you know, trying to, trying to destroy their reputation, destroy their equipment, anything like that. No, what I did is, I I, I worked. I, I found the formula for success. I looked at it and said. Hey, this is what we can do. And I tried to talk some friends into joining me on this journey. I said, Hey, let's start a band. They were like, Well, none of us can play instruments. I was like, Yeah, but we have a desire. And if we start now in a couple years, you know, when we're in high school, we'll sound good, you know, good enough to like have have a set together, maybe, you know, play some stuff and, and do some things. And let's just try it. Let's go at it. Like, I mean, don't, don't think of, well, of course we're going to suck right now, but like, let's look into the future here. And they're just like, nah, nah, I just don't want to do it. And you know, I, I just, I just couldn't get them involved. And so I had to, um, you know, start on my own and actually change friends. I mean, not completely. I still hung out with those guys and that sort of thing, but my time was then divided with other people that played music and, and had that interest and did that i gravitated towards them how, how long do you practice what do you do what kind of things do you practice i i was you know, playing the bass guitar i i got with other bass players from other bands and you know i'd go over their house and we'd hang out and i and you know i'd take my bass with me and i'd say could you you know i'm, I'm, I'm starting out could you show me something and i remember this, this one guy named jay super nice guy um played in a couple of different bands, wonderful bass player and everything. Um, he lived here in town. I went over to his house and the first thing he showed me was was a minor scale. He's like, "Yeah, let me show you a minor scale on on bass in, in A because it's a very comfortable place to play it." And so I would learn these these different scales. He'd be like, well, "Okay, here, here's a major scale. Like let's you know check check this out. Look at how this, this works and this moves." And that's what I did. That's what I did to succeed, you know, and and in life, that's what should be happening. But our culture got to a place where we decided, um, you know, when uh, when we couldn't succeed or when people didn't succeed, they didn't look at it and say, well, the reason why we didn't succeed is because we've been trying the same thing over and over again and it didn't work. So therefore, there's some other reason keeping us down. Somebody got the idea that, hey. I can profit off this. I can benefit from this. Okay. So when I did my podcast before on how to be a bigot, it was intended to expose bigotry and to not continue as a guidebook on being more of a bigot, but it seems that bigotry sells. And so, you know, people decided, Hey, I'm going to be a bigot, you know, And, 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 and I'm going to profit off of people's bigotry. And so, there you get to this point you're like how do we stop this like what is the what is the key what is the what is the thing that we can do in order to actually stop the rampant bigotry in our country. And I have the answers. I have two answers that I've come up with. One is the only answer that will work. And the other one is a secular answer that absolutely would work, but will be rejected completely. And so we're going to get into like what these are, um, with, what these two answers are that most definitely will stop all the, the bigotry and the anti-Asian um, uh, hatred that is going on.
1: The Theology Pit is a partner-funded ministry. Please consider partnering with us by making a donation at the thetheologypit.com. Just scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the donate button, and make a contribution to the best Theology Pit podcast on the internet. Now let's get back to the show.
0: Okay, so my first answer here My first answer um, is, of course, Christ-centered. Christians need to act like Christians. Unbelievers need to become Christians. Our culture needs to be more Christian. Adopting a Christian worldview. A Christian worldview is that there are not a bunch of races. There is only one race, the human race. There is different ethnicities. We need to stop making other people as the other as though they are another species and therefore you can abuse them that is key that is number one so and and it's something that christians need to say a lot they need to go around and say i am not a racist because race does not exist it's impossible to be a thing that does not exist Okay that's that's an impossibility and I think that as Christians we need to vocally push back against that and when somebody says well that person's a racist or you know if you're going to be part of some type of reconciliation movement or whatever and they call it racial reconciliation correct them and say no this is an ethnos reconciliation All right, this is an ethnic reconciliation, a people reconciliation. This is not a racial reconciliation. We're not reconciling a bunch of races together because there's no such thing as race. So even that name needs to be pushed back against. Okay. Logically, you have to look at the ideas of what these people are saying. The fact that, you know, they would say, well, somebody who is, you know, a a white supremacist and somebody who is a black supremacist and somebody who is a whatever color supremacist, um, you know, that that is is wrong. But also anybody that has any type of black guilt or white guilt or any other color guilt. OK, because of their you know, their association, those are all of those are wrong. And I've said this before, the difference between, you know, the the, the color supremacy and the, um, the 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 color guilt is that the supremacists, they think that because of the color of their skin, that they are superior to all other people and the, the color guilt fan uh, group think the exact same thing, except they feel really, really bad about it. Okay. That's the only difference. And that's how screwed up like this whole understanding is this whole discussion is where our terms are atheistic and, and naturalistic and completely messed up. So having a Christian worldview, having a Christ centered understanding and being able to articulate it and speak to it within the culture, within discussions and saying, "No, you're wrong. There is no, as a Christian, I can't be a part of this movement because there is no there 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 is no forgiveness in it. There is no um, actual healing. There is no grace. okay? All there is is the the perpetuation of bigotry. Okay. And this perpetuation of bigotry will never stop as long as we continue using the wrong kind of language. That's gonna, I mean, that's gonna be number one. And so this is what we have to do. We have to proselytize, we have to go out and, and tell people about Christ. We have to convert people to Christianity. We have to bring the faith of Christ, the the grace of God to the masses, to people. We have to explain to them the reality. That we live in, and also that reality, it does require a rejection of the popular notions that are out there within our society. And we have to be able to say that, you know, it's, it's, it's similar to the, the exclusivity of Christ in a polytheistic society, you know, where you can go to any polytheist and, and explain to them how Jesus is God, and they will accept that right away. But when you tell them the implication of that is that you're rejecting all these other things, well, then that's where it becomes a problem. So you can say yes I agree with you on the fact of justice but I disagree with you on social justice because the word justice does not need a modifier as soon as it uses a modifier it ceases to become what it is okay and the same thing goes with any other type of thing yes I agree that that people groups need to be reconciled but I disagree with you on the racial aspect of it because there is no such thing as race, and that is where you're going to get the, the the backlash. That's where people are going to push back. They're not going to like it. Christians are not going to like that, because, especially many Christians, because of uh, what we're going to talk about in a little bit here about intersectionality. And that is a big, big problem um, within our culture. With, in, in pastors meetings that I've had in the local areas, talking with other pastors, I've been pushing the idea of tribalism extremely hard with them and saying we have tribes that are, it's not that we have tribes that are forming, but that what's been going on, especially with, um, with, with the quarantine and the whole COVID thing and everything, it's, the, the tribes are being exposed even more. And that's become the big issue. Okay, because um, you have people and, and one um, one pastor said, yeah, well, pretty soon you're going to have the church of the mask and the church of the unmasked. And, I, and we said, yeah, and then you're going to have the people that are all about, you know, the double masking and triple masking and they're just maskacists. And that got a big laugh and a nice eye roll. Well, it didn't get a big laugh, but it got an eye roll, you know, but, the, but, but it's true because, you know, there are Christians that refuse to go to a church unless everyone there is wearing a mask. And there are Christians that refuse to go to a church. If anyone is wearing a mask and they're dividing up into these type of tribes and, you know, how do we minister to these different people, to these different groups, to the QAnon people and the BlueAnon people, you know, how do you, how do you deal with both of them? Because, you know, when, when, when you have all of that that in your congregation, you really need some help in navigating that. And I said, one of the places we need to look is we need to look at the the churches in Africa because tribalism is very prominent there. And as you heard in my, in my podcast with Dan uh, from over the summer where we talked about African tribalism, he said, the closest thing we have here is Democrats and Republicans. And I mean, it's, and it's a way of saying, you know, conservatives and liberals or You know, status and uh, and free people, um, or or liberty people, um, and so there, you know, there there is this this divide that is taking place, this tribalism that's taking place, and it's something that needs to be addressed. Okay, and so if that's not addressed, we're not going to get rid of any of this bigotry. So all this anti Asian bigotry that you see will not go away. It will never. it, It it's not going to happen. All right, and and that i think is the only way that this problem can be fixed is through christ alone now i'm going to give you the secular answer here and this is an answer that is going to make sense but it most definitely will be rejected and and you will you will understand why it will be rejected i'm not even going to have to point it out okay but there is so much bigotry in the media and in our culture okay that that you know to to stop to get them to stop focusing on something that's not new because they don't want it to go away. They just have a different thing to focus on to get them to stop focusing on, you know, Asian abuse and, and Asian bigotry is to explain that not all people from Asia are the same. Okay. There are different cultures. There are different people groups. All right. Not all Asians are the same. Okay. Um, Central Asia the, the the people the manners the customs like what, what they do is very different from eastern asia okay and people aren't making this this distinction they're only making distinction based on physical characteristics okay they're not basing it off of you know the Asian nationality if if they're giving you know if that even exists if they're giving like one big thing and the biggest group of Asians that have been attacked mercilessly everywhere, and, and nobody even cares about the fact that it's, it's if, you, if you even mention it just a little bit, just a little bit, it gets you into trouble in our culture. And that is, of course, the people from Asia Minor, which is in um, Western Asia. This group has been attacked. This group of Asians has been attacked more prominently than any other group, any other Asian group that I've ever seen um, so far in my life since I've since I've been alive. Okay, and this group here comes from um, the Caucasus uh, Mountains. Okay, so the Caucasus Mountains of um, Asia Minor, and that consists of... um, the, what, what borders around uh, Russia, Turkey, and Iran um, between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. Okay, this this Asia Minor here. Um, It's Georgia, um, Armenia is there. Um, There was an Armenian genocide that even um, people like the Young Turks they deny that it even happened. That they even like you know the the Turkish people even went in and 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 attacked these Asians in this way. But but the descendants of the Asians of the Caucasus Mountains who spread throughout the world um, and and you know, became very successful, are the ones who have to be maligned. They are the benchmark of intersectionality. Okay. Just like we said that, you know, these people have a perfect image of a man and a perfect image of a woman and a perfect image of a race and a perfect image of a sub-race. They also have the Perfect image that is necessary for intersectionality. Now, what is intersectionality? Intersectionality is where two, um, you know, let's say oppressed groups merge. Okay, so if if we gave it like a, a, a number system, like you know, if you are a woman, then that would be one number one one you know indication of, of intersectionality okay that would be a one. If you are a woman who is a minority okay well then you would be you would get the, the numeric value of a two because you have two intersectional places. Now if you are a um, a gay woman of color, that's three intersections three intersectional intervals, let's call them all right and now if you are a gay transgender woman of color that is four Okay. And if you are a gay, transgender woman of color with rickets, that's five. All right. So then you, it's an oppression Olympics that has to take place. You have more of these things intersecting. And so you um, have more, uh, a higher interval than, you know, somebody when we started out who was just, you know, if we would just say a woman. And now if you notice though, that it's woman of color, which means, go back to Nick Cannon, that, you know, there is a superiority that has to be attributed for people with more melanin in their skin because they are somehow more oppressed in the world or have been or think that they are now or fill in the blank. It doesn't matter. But the benchmark for this is the lack of melanin in skin. The whiter the Asian person In this case, the Asian from the Caucasus Mountains or the Caucasians. The Caucasian is, in their view, the height of racial superiority. And this is why their idea of racism is so backwards and stupid. Okay, By them breaking things down on intersectionality based on the uh, alignment to the Caucasian male. They are saying, implicitly, the Caucasian male is the superior form of humanity, which is stupid. There is no superior form of humanity. There is humanity. Okay? That's it. That's the Christian worldview. But their atheistic um, naturalism and intersectionality is all about this what intersectionality does by making the relation that you have to a caucasian male that that then is the benchmark of success that is the benchmark of evolution that is the benchmark of whatever but that that is the pinnacle so how do you relate to that pinnacle how many degrees of separation away from that pinnacle are you and that's how much clout you should get do you understand how backwards thinking this is do you understand how destructive this is like they always say that you know um well uh, you know racism and that starts in the home that's learned from uh that, that's learned from the parents and from the family and, and that's instilled. And, you know, in some cases that type of bigotry may occur, but in other cases it's from experience. Okay. And if you are just constantly telling people, you know, uh, Caucasian young men that they are horrible simply because they are Caucasian young men and some of them that are mentally unstable, then act on it because why not, you know, and then, and then feed into it and you say, see, that's it. You are causing them to look at you judgmentally, prejudging you. You are creating the bigotry, okay? I am I've taught my children, my wife and I have taught my children to treat everybody as equal, okay? It's based on merit. It's based on how people treat you you know, and, and it's based on, on ideology and, and, um, you know, sensitivity to one another and serving one another. Race has never come uh, into play because it doesn't exist. And bigotry doesn't come into play in, in our family, but you have all these groups out here, all these, you know, reconciliation groups out here. They're the ones that are going to be teaching my children how to be a bigot because This, and and this is Quinn's first law, you know, Jim Quinn, you got to give this to him that, you know, this is a a very progressive idea, a statist idea, a liberal idea. And he says, liberalism always generates the exact opposite of its stated intent. And if you don't like me quoting Jim Quinn, stop proving him right. All right. Stop proving him right. Because what you're trying to do is what I'm explaining that needs to take place. But the problem is, is that you have to reject the things that you love in order to make that happen, and you're not willing to do that. So, what are you going to do? Cancel me. You're going to say that I'm wrong. People like me are wrong. And you're going to malign me and people like me in one another ways. And what do I know, anyways? Because I'm a quote, Caucasian male this type of asian abuse has been going on for a very 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 long time in this country and i've never understood it i've never i've never understood like why you know it's it's irrational and it's illogical and this is why it's based out of fear And that's what they say all bigotry is based out of. It's just straight up based out of fear. And that's why they lash out against it. And you listen to them talk and you're like, well, because Caucasian people, uh, white people, they are, you know, they've caused all the problems in society. They're the ones that, you know, oppressed these people. They're the ones that kept these people down. They're the ones that, you know, did all these things and the wars and the whatever and blah, blah, blah. And they did all this. And you're saying, okay, so these people who did do this stuff that they did do this um, and that they have the capacity to do this kind of thing. Again, the worst things that you could possibly think of that's in them, that's capable of them. And so what you want to do is you want to fight them and malign them and get them to hate you. Like that's where you want to push this. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. How about this? Why don't you turn to Christ? Why don't you give your life to Christ and live biblically, live like a Christian understand that there is only one people group, that there is only one race, the human race. all right and and working together, you know to, to stop actual bigotry that you are pushing, propagating, creating. All right. And and by discussing intersectionality, by making yourself to be a victim, by putting yourself in victim groups based off of the central idea of Caucasian supremacy, stop it. How do you not see that? How do you not see that you, who hate Caucasians, that, that particular type of Asian, the Caucasian, you hate them so bad? That you have pedestaled them and you align yourself based on this fictitious idea of where you think they stand. It is the stupidest thing that I've ever heard in my life. And I, I'm sorry, I, I can't believe that nobody sees it and that nobody calls it out. So yes, with the resurgence of this Asian abuse, if you explain that white people, Caucasians, are in fact Asians... Then I guarantee the media will make this problem go away because the one thing that they can't have is white people wanting to engage in intersectionality. They will not tolerate that. They will not tolerate Caucasian males having a spot in intersectionality. And so they will make it go away. They will ignore the problem or or what they're going to do is they're going to talk about, well, there's Asians and there's white Asians, just like with, um, with, what was that guy, George Zimmerman, when he, uh, shot Trayvon Martin, all of a sudden we got white Latinos. I mean, a guy who, who didn't have like any, you know, uh, measurable, um, European ancestry in him. I mean, his, his parents were what from like from Cuba and from Peru. Whatever, and he was living in America, but they, they called him a, you know, a, a white Latino because Caucasian is the highest point of um, vitriol. And the closer you can get f- with somebody's intersectionality actually towards the uh, Caucasian man, then the more you can demonize them and the more you can show, yes, they deserve it. So if you show that the Asian community is very close to the Caucasian community, well, then you can lessen the appearance of violence against them because their intersectionality is actually closer identified with the white Asians. See how this works? And so if that's the case, if that becomes the case, if that becomes prominent, then yes, it will just start to fade back into the distance that it's been in the last 15 or 20 years, especially in the inner cities against uh, you know, Eastern Asian people, Central Asian people, and of course, Asia Minor and Western Asia people. That is formidable. Um, but nobody wants to talk about that, do they? No. But that would solve the problem. From a secular standpoint, it would solve the problem. If if the secular media decided, oh, yeah, they're actually Asians and Caucasians are Asians, then, uh, yeah, then we have to make this go away because we can't give them clout and they'll stop covering it. And the Asian abuse that we see in the media will go away or, you know, or. um we can lead people to Christ and those who are Christians, we can call them to repent and repent doesn't mean just to say, I'm sorry. I I feel really bad about that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. No Um, repentance means to turn away from what you were doing. Okay. And to do the thing that you ought to be doing. Okay. There is a, a level of contrition. I'm not going to deny that, but sometimes people think that repentance is mean. It just means apology. Where it doesn't mean just apologize. It means actually you you repent, as Martin Luther said, in the same way you sin, in thought, word, and deed. If you are sinning against God and sinning against humanity through using terms like uh, race and racist, um, then you need to repent of that. And the way that you do it is by not using those terms anymore and correcting people and correcting situations whenever those occur.
1: Thank you for listening to The Theology Pit. Please take a moment to rate our podcast and leave a comment about what you like or what you don't like. Each rating and comment helps others discover this show. Don't forget to visit us at thetheologypit.com to make a donation. While on the website, we would appreciate it if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family on social media. Our Facebook page is also titled The Theology Pit. Stop over and give us a like. If you have any questions or topics you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please write to samson at the com. That's samson, spelled S A M S O N, at the theologypit.com. Now, here's a preview of next week's show.
0: So I'm not sure what next week's show is going to be. Um, of course, I've been streaming on twitch.tv forward slash um, the Twitch Theologian. You can come on there and ask me any type of questions that you want theologically. Also, um, like I said before, if you want to ask a question, you can send it to uh, samson at the theology pit You can also um, you know, send me uh, sermons if you'd like me to review them or anything like that. But uh, now uh, I definitely think that it's time to close down the pit. Thank you so much for listening and you know sharing this with your friends.
1: This and more on the next theology pit.